0: If you dare.
1: LuckyLandSlots.com, available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers.
0: It is the Denver City Cast. It is Holden with Veasan and the Avalanche taking a one nothing series lead in their best of seven against the Blues last night. Going to break it down going to give you a bet for game number 2 and Ian St. Clair from playcolorado.com. I think we're going to have a show bet today. Also, NBA Western Conference Finals. Let's look at the MVP market in the Western Conference Finals, plus we'll look at the Mavs Warriors game 1 coming up tonight and diving into the Russell Wilson effect as it pertains to TV scheduling, just what kind of an impact did Russell Wilson have on TV scheduling. We'll discuss that and some collectibles news, which is kind of fun including some stuff from Happy Gilmore. I don't know how many of you have seen that. It's a great movie if you haven't. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a great movie. It's a really funny movie. Um, and then the Rockies, who have an afternoon game today. So let's get into this. Josh Manson, that household name. Trade deadline acquisition. He scored the game winner in overtime last night, and the Abs beat the Blues 3-2. They lead the series one game to love. The game went under the 6.5, and, and the Avs did not cover the puck line. So last night I had just one bet in this game. I bet it live. I didn't feel comfortable going into the game. You know, I'm listening to people that are very sharp say they liked St. Louis. I'm sitting here going, this is just a much better team than St. Louis. There was this onslaught right out of the gate. And what do they have, four posts they hit last night? And at least two of them came the beginning of the game there were just so many opportunities so when they went down one nothing i'm saying to myself but the avalanche have outplayed the blues just from start to finish all right let's let's get in on this minus 117 at bet rivers after the first period ended and i think that's not a that's not the type of strategy we're going to want to take in game number two and i'll get into that in just a little bit but Going through that game last night, the crowd was dead and nervous. They sounded nervous, especially after that first goal early from O'Reilly. Uh, and I think in this series, we can just go back to the well at any point in time if the Avs fall down by a one nothing margin again. I, I really believe that. I think that St. Louis is probably going to steal a game in this series, but I'm not worried about it. I, I just think if we're getting close to even money – you know, within a buck 25, why would we not back the Avalanche, who are just the far superior team in just about every single category? You know, last night, I would say the goaltending. Li- listen, Bennington, the-, the kid from St. Louis, he gave up more goals, but he saved double the amount of shots that Kemper had. So there might be a slight advantage in net, but the only way St. Louis is going to take a game or two in this series is if Bennington steals a game, and he almost did it last night. Um, But the talent level gap is huge. I think we see that now when the two teams are on the ice. Kemper is still terrific. I expect the Avs to win this in five. I told you, lay a bet down winning in five at plus 280 maybe, and then in six at plus 400. I'm leaning pretty heavily toward the Avs winning this thing in five. It just looks like a big gap. Now, start of the second period was interesting, Right. So we have all the posts that are being hit by the Avs. Start of the second period, Rantanen just misses a goal, and Ashushkin comes out and scores 90 seconds later. Um, I love the fact that there was clean play last night. There was good refereeing. What did we see? Three power plays total, two for the Avs, and one for St. Louis. There might have been another one. First power play of the game came at 631 of the second. So I love the way that this game was refereed. If they call more penalties... I still think the Avalanche probably get a little bit more of an advantage, but last night the Avs outshot St. Louis 13 nothing in overtime, 13 nothing. They just went out. And they said we're not losing this game. They dominated. They outshot the Blues 54 to 25. They overdoubled them up in shots on goal. High danger chances. I think your imagination, let it run wild because you can imagine what a high danger chance is. 16 for Colorado. That is an outrageous number. The Blues had five. So really, if you look back at last night's game, it should have been a 5-2 final in regulation. Maybe even a 6-2 final in regulation. And the Avs' top two lines just outshot St. Louis 46-16 In those 27 minutes that they outshot him, the score was 1-1. Again, it's Bennington. He was terrific. Blue's defense was every bit as bad as I thought it would be, given their injuries. But Bennington just kept them in the game. I think as the Avs get more comfortable, they start putting those pucks that are hitting the posts or getting saved. I I think they start putting them in at a much higher rate. Uh, Game two lines on Bet Rivers. Let's look at them. Plus 102 on the puck line. I think Ian St. Clair and I are going to have that bet official later in the show. Avs minus 245 on the money line. Why bother? Six and a half is the total. Remember, a lot of people had the game going over yesterday. I stayed away from that. Um, but it shaded toward the over once again. It was minus 130 for game one. Six and a half minus 129 for game two. If you want to go under six and a half, it'd be plus 108. I mean, I could see St. Louis picking up a couple goals. And in this game, though... Like the abs, their team total is at four at plus 106 to the over. That's another bet where I'm kind of leaning toward taking that. Because if they get the four, fine. We're just getting our money back. They get to five, that's plus 106. We're getting plus money on that. Although the puck line's looking sexier to me. Blues team total just two and a half at minus 115. I could see going under there. And now the new series prices. The abs to sweep is plus 220. Uh, that is down significantly. To win in five is down from plus 280 to plus 210, and the abs to win in six is still plus 400, and in seven is plus 650. But those are the lines now for the Colorado Avalanche game number two coming up against St. Louis. Mark Springer, our abs insider here on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. He's going to join us tomorrow. <clears throat> I'm going to tell him about my picks, and we'll probably tail one of his picks too. That is number one. On the front range, four. This is the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. Let's go look at number two, the NBA Western Conference Finals. Again, you say, well, why are the, why are the Warriors and the Mavericks number two? Because this place loves betting NBA. Colorado loves betting the NBA. As far as handle goes, it'll be right up there near the near the it'll probably be ahead of the NFL, right? Because there's 82 games plus the playoffs. But the NFL is still king, no doubt. But let's look at the MVP market here in the Western Conference Finals, because you have two of the biggest names in the game. Luca and Steph. And I think it's pretty simple to me. I really do. There's three guys that I would consider betting in the MVP market. Steph is the favorite. Minus 112. So he averaged 26, 5, and 6. 26 points, almost 5 rebounds, almost 6 assists in the semifinals against Memphis. You saw what he did in a few games against the Warriors too. He shot 41% for the field, 33% from 3-point range, 89% free throw line. Okay, so let's look at the MVP market and look at Steph. If the Warriors are going to win this series, Steph is going to have to blow up 4 or 5 games, isn't he? Because you can't rely on pool and Thompson or Poole and whoever the hell else you need to step up to win a game and shoot from the outside. I don't think you can count on that for multiple games. I think from game to game, we're going to be seeing a second guy having to step up with Steph Curry. I don't think Draymond is going to be a force offensively in this series. He was shut down last series. He had a couple of good games offensively against the Nuggets who had a major, major issue defensively there. So I think Steph would be the one guy from the Warriors. Uh, I've got another guy we could take as a little long shot, but it's tough to stray away from the top two here. You either take Luka or you take Steph. Luka's plus 190. And for me to just boil it down to people that really don't watch that much of the NBA, Luka is the Jokic of the Mavericks. Everything just goes through him. Uh, He's not as good defensively. As a matter of fact, he's kind of a waste defensively, but... If you think the Mavs are going to win this series or maybe lose in seven, I think Luka's just going to have to go nuts and he's the play. He has the ball in his hands nearly 10 minutes per game. That is by far and away the most of any player in the NBA playoffs to this point. He's going to have the ball in his hands all the time. I think even if the Nuggets were to lose a series that goes seven, possibly six, if his stats are just so outlandish, I could see Luka winning this. The dark horse here, I would go Clay at 14 to 1 because Thompson averaged 18 and a half points, five rebounds, and a steal in the conference semis. Okay. He had his uh, 15th career postseason outing with 30 points or more. If Clay gets going in four or five games, which could be tough because Dallas is a very good team at defending the perimeter. Clay would be in the mix. I I don't think that saying Luka is the chalk because the chalk right now is probably Steph. But I'd say Luka plus 190 would be the play here Um, if you're looking at the Western Conference MVP market. Some other guys that are at least in the mix, Draymond, but he's not scoring, Poole's too inconsistent, and picking a map that isn't Luka is like picking Aaron Gordon to win the MVP of a Nuggets series. It just... Unlikely to happen. So luca to me at plus one nine. I'm getting plus money on the guy. And I also think the Mavericks are gonna upset the Warriors in this series. So I'll have to get in on that. luca plus 190 at Bet Rivers to be the uh Western Conference Finals MVP. Okay, let's get into tonight's game. Game one lines. Mavericks at the Warriors, Dallas plus five here, uh plus 170 on the money line, 214 and a half is the total we got the uh, mavericks series price at at a much better price what did we get them at 185 plus 185. i guess we could bet the mavericks money line throughout the series if you didn't want to bet the series uh but for me it was just a, a better bet that way so the total in game one opened at 215. it's been bet down a half a point to 214 and a half so um there's some liability to the under the unders are hitting at a 65% clip this postseason, by the way. I got my butt whooped, and I didn't have a show yesterday, so it's a good thing I didn't give this out. I had the under, and I kept betting the under live in the Miami-Boston game, and it just kept going over. That was bad. You know, I, that, that was one I looked at, and I said, gosh, this one's got – nope, didn't go under, went over. But still, 49-27, and 27, 65% of the games to the over. Unders that have fallen at least a half point. So, unders that fell. clip, 29 and 13. So maybe under a play here. Mavs coming off that blowout win at the number one seed in the West, the Phoenix Suns. They took them out. Doncic is a superstar. Uh, Jalen Brunson actually has been a pretty good Robin to Luca's Batman. Spencer Dinwiddie actually stepped up too. But I don't think Brunson and Dinwiddie are really Even in consideration in the mix for the MVP in the Western Conference Finals. It's just got to be Luka. But the Mavs have been holding opponents to 34% shooting behind the arc. (laughs) That's not good. The Warriors' strength against the Mavs' defensive strength. Only the Celtics and the Heat are better at defending the three than the Mavericks. So that's not a great matchup for the Warriors. Golden State's been sloppy. They're averaging 15 turnovers a game. But the good news for them is they're getting Steve Kerr back. and We saw what kind of a mess they were without Steve Kerr. And almost as important, they're getting Otto Porter Porter Jr. back tonight. We saw what he did against the the Nuggets. Just a very versatile, long player. uh, Somebody that's going to really be able to help, uh, especially on the defensive end for the Warriors. Opposing team shooting 42% at Chase Center. So opposing teams have not been shooting well. It's a tough place to play on the road. I'm going to play this live. I'm going to see if I can get a better number on Dallas. Uh, What is that number? It's going to be more of a field play, so I'm not going to give anything out there. I would say I would start looking at eight and maybe even be able to grab a double-digit number. As far as the total goes, I lean heavily toward the under. I'm going to see if I can get a better price on that, though. Uh, And again, that's a field play if it even went up a half a point to 215 to get the, the, the number that it dropped at, might be worth it. Probably try and get a better number than that, too. But, again, I'm going to play this live, see if I can get a better number on the under and backing the Mavericks. And if I don't get in on the side, that's fine. I got the Mavericks to win the series, and that's the way I'll have to attack it. Number three on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. So, uh, Richard Deitch. Anything, right? Uh, he's a media reporter. He's been around a long time. He came up and uh, talked about TV scheduling and what decisions went into getting the Broncos the max number of primetime games. Okay, now this is Mike North, the VP of broadcast scheduling for the NFL. It has so much to do with the scheduling. He said, the impact of Russell Wilson going to Denver had a major impact. Russell Wilson changes teams. And we stop and rethink everything again. He's moving into a division with really good teams. So every Broncos, Raiders, Broncos, Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs game matters. Hasn't been the case recently, has it? I mean, we had a primetime Denver, Kansas City game. Which was a debacle because of play calling. And they ended up losing that one late. But that didn't have a lot of impact on the Broncos. Those games have just been, hey, here's another Chiefs win. Not the case this year. Uh, More from Mike North. This happens to be a year where the AFC West crosses over by rotation into the NFC West. So now you got a Broncos-Rams game, a Broncos-Niners game. Russell Wilson moving to the Broncos created an awful lot of really good inventory for us. Wow, how about that? He goes, in the old days, building this thing by hand, we might have been on week eight or nine by the time Russell Wilson moved to Denver. What? Maybe we could have adjusted one or two things, but maybe not a wholesale stop and restart. So listen, the schedule makers after the season ends, the schedule makers have a good idea of what's gonna happen with the schedule. But Mike North is saying, because of Russell Wilson and that trade, they had to stop and restart the whole process. Awesome. He goes, thanks to the way technology enables us to attack this process, We could stop, reevaluate, talk to our partners, our bosses, and start all over again. Within a couple of days, we had a whole new path and a whole new plan. How about that? Russell Wilson effect. Not just changing the Broncos, changing the NFL. Changing the NFL. A little side note here, Cowboys joint training camp practices with the Broncos and Chargers. So if you're into that stuff, checking out a practice, maybe you can go do so. Um, What else we got here? Other opponents that were considered by the NFL besides for the Rams, Bills, guess what? The Broncos. The Broncos. Uh, he goes on to say, North goes on to say, <clears throat> it could have been the Broncos. They didn't want Broncos Seahawks, though. They wanted Josh Allen and the defending Super Bowl champs. And I don't blame them. These are are just the, the, the Rams now just in a monster market. The number two market in the NFL, the defending champions, and the Bills have one of the sexiest marketable players out there and Josh Allen. So that doesn't surprise me, but the fact that the Broncos were in the mix for the opening game, wow. And here's something else that's cool. The first Monday night football game with Peyton and Eli, Russell Wilson, and the Broncos against the Seattle Seahawks. Woo-wee, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. All right, let's move on. Number four on the front range four, the four biggest sports stories on the front range. We will not have a pick on the Rockies and the Giants as they play an afternoon game. This thing will probably drop right around the time that the game starts. But you remember when I told you enjoy the great start? You should have because they're turning into the team we thought they were. The offense is stagnant on the road. The starting pitching struggles. Now you've got Sensatella on the injured list. The whole pitching staff has a 5.09 ERA, which was going to be bad because they play at Coors. But it's really bad. It's second worst in baseball. The bullpen is bottom four in every bullpen category you can think of. ERA, runs given up, XFIP, WHIP, everything. The bullpen stinks. Uh, Chris Bryant is expected back Friday, though, so at least you know he can help. He can't help the Rockies today against the Giants, who have beaten the Rockies a dozen straight times, and by the end of today might be 13. Wouldn't surprise me there. A uh, Rockies special, though, if you get this show before the game starts, the Rockies Bet River special is Rockies to outright win the first five innings plus 155. Plus 155. That's a nice little boost for you. Okay, we'll come back. Ian St. Clair, Play Colorado, PlayColorado.com, get his thoughts on the Avalanche. And I got to tell you about my day yesterday talking about what I do for my career in front of a bunch of seven, eight, and nine year olds on career day. Denver CityCast presented by BetRivers continues. Baseball is here, and BetRivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Ian St. Clair, our Wednesday guest. Play Colorado, playcolorado.com joins us. My friend, your avalanche, getting a big Game 1 victory last night. A little come from behind win. We'll talk about Von Miller's home for sale. We'll talk about the Rockies, some collectibles. How are you today?
1: I'm great, especially after that win in game one over the St. Louis Blues in the second
0: round of the playoffs. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about that, Ian, but I'm going to make this show all about myself, okay? So just settle down. (laughs) Settle down before we talk about your favorite team. I was so excited to tell someone this story. So yesterday I was invited to career day to talk with my seven-year-old daughter's class. So they say, we need an adult for career day. And I said, I can do it. And I said, how am I going to handle this, though? Because I really don't want to talk about the betting aspect, right? Or the daily fantasy sports a- aspect of this thing. Yep. So, and I told my daughter before I went in here on career day, I said, do not tell anybody that I am a sports gambler, okay? A sports better. Do not do it. So she comes and gets me in the front office because I had to stay upstairs. She brings me downstairs. First of all, my daughter does not want to hold my hand. She's seven years old. I think it is now... Official, like they get younger. You remember how, when you were a kid, it was like really embarrassing to have your parents drop you off at school, especially in middle school, high school. Well, she's doing an elementary school, and I sit down and they say, "Well, here's Mister Kushner with Career Day. What does he do?" And Enzi goes, "He's a sports gambler." And I said, (laughs) "Oh God," I said, "I talked to you about this," and I looked over at the teacher and I started laughing. I said, "Ha ha," because very a very small amount of my. My pay goes into betting and DFS when it comes down to it. Less than 5% when it all comes down to it. I'm not a heavy, heavy better, But it was mildly embarrassing when she said that. But I got through it. And now, hopefully, all of the parents of these 7, 8, and 9-year-olds are listening to the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. It was a wonderful time, Ian.
1: It sounds like it. And I, I think one thing that we can start doing, and I, I've had this discussion with Keith White with the National Council on Problem Gambling, is having the discussion, I and mean, maybe we don't need to do it with seven-year-olds, but <laughs> at, <laughs> ha- having the discussion with high school students and and, yes. and college students, and I mean he he mentioned uh, drugs, sex, and alcohol. Well, we need to throw yeah. gambling into that discussion too. And I now that it's being legalized across the country, I think that would go a long way to ease the fears of some people, and obviously not for all of them. But I think that would that that's a a good first step. So, and it sounds like fun. I've always liked career day.
0: It was interesting to say the least standing ovations. I was asked whether or not I had ever been attacked by a hyena, which was very interesting. Yeah. That was a question that came out of the clear blue. It's like, Hey, have you ever been attacked by a hyena during a broadcast? And I said, no, you know, it's never happened. So everything went back to normal. And I think my daughter was happy when I left, which was very, very sad to be perfectly honest with you. Let's get into the abs then. Big win last night, right? Huge win. I think the most profitable thing that we can do with the abs, if you want to take them on the money line, just wait till they fall down by a goal. Uh that that was the play last night -117 after the first period. But here's what I noticed from last night. First of all, I don't want to say they came out flat, but they just keep kept hitting the post like a million different times, but the crowd stunk last night. Like, it was quiet. It was nervous. Tell me, did you pick that up? Because you weren't at the game either, but did you pick that up? Like, there was nerves, oh, no, here we go again, after it was one nothing, Because I felt like they really didn't get into that game until halfway through the second period, I, I think the early second period.
1: I, I think they dominated the whole second period. I, I wouldn't say they were flat. I think they looked like they did against Nashville in game two in that first round, where you ran into a goalie, who was standing on his head, which is what the the Predators got in that game too. That went to overtime. They hit five posts. I, I think either any of those shots, even if it's even if it's two of them. So Nazim Kadri hit a crossbar and a post. and hit a crossbar. Lichen and hit a post. If you take of the five, two of them, the game's not close. It doesn't go to overtime. The Avalanche completely dominated that game. There is no way St. Louis can look at that and say, you know what, we played pretty well. No, they didn't. They were lucky. They should have been blown out, just like Nashville was in game two.
0: I think Bennington's going to steal a game, and this thing's going to go to five, and that'll be it. I see him actually losing a game this series, because what I saw out of the kid last night, and this is an amazing story, right? Like, he's the backup heading into the playoffs – Starter gets pulled. He's out there. He made 50 saves last night, was it? At least 50 saves. I think he's going to steal one probably in Nashville, and this thing will be over in five. Uh, In Nashville, in St. Louis. I think this thing will be over in five. They'll take care of business here, there, and then it'll be over, and they'll be on to the conference finals. There should be no worry, Ian, no, that this team no. is going to fall into the trap that they have since what uh, last twenty years, <laughs> of not getting out of the first, uh, the second round. Well, I think we're, I think you look good.
1: I, I, I will say this. I think the biggest difference, and I, I, I thought the crowd was the way it's been throughout the playoffs. I think it was online where there's just, you mentioned that, oh, here we go again. Like they get down, Ryan O'Reilly scores that first goal on an unlucky play by K.L. McCarr. And then the second goal by St. Louis was just a bad line change on a penalty kill, and St. Louis made the transition, and then you get the toe drag and a great goal. I will say that Jordan Bennington, after the cup run that St. Louis made a couple of years ago in 2019, he's been in his head. If... Like I said, one or two of those posts turn to goals. We're not talking about Jordan, Jordan Bennington stealing a game. If the Colorado Avalanche come out in game two, play the way that they did in game one, it's not going to be close. St. Louis can't match the speed, can't match the physicality. They may steal a game, but here's the biggest difference. When Ryan O'Reilly scored that goal, when and then especially in that on that late power play goal in the third period, the Avs didn't lose focus. They didn't they, they didn't buckle. They didn't sit back. They knew they were still going to win this game. And I think that's the biggest difference from the last three years. And you mentioned 20. It's been that long since the Avalanche have been in the conference finals. When they lost to Detroit in 2002, 2003, the year after they won the Stanley Cup. The biggest difference I'm, for this yeah. team is the fact that when it faces adversity it doesn't buckle and that is a huge difference between this year's team and the team last year that lost to Vegas the year before that when it lost to Dallas the year before that when it lost to San Jose that's the biggest difference this team is not going to be deterred and i told this to my wife before we started doing this i get i have the same feeling for this team that I did in 2000, 2001. Everyone knew that team with Joe Sackackick, Ray Bork, Patrick Wall, Rob Blake, even when it lost Peter Forsberg to his spleen injury, you knew the Avalanche were not going to do anything but win the cup. That's the feeling
0: that I get for this year's team. So um, I don't know if you remember, but you and I were just gushing over the Josh Manson trade for like, Ser- for just episodes and episodes and episodes, Ian. It's so nice to be right here. Yeah, isn't it? Who to? Da- nobody had Josh Manson with a game-winning goal. I mean, nobody. in all seriousness, that is absolutely what you need because McKinnon didn't score last night. It's not like McCarr had it. A- last night was the secondary night, right? It was. Had, um, was it Gerard? Yep. Scored Samuel a goal, Gerard if I remember correctly. Yep. He's got a lower body injury, though. That's a little concerning. But Manson with the game-winner, it really is amazing how in round one, it was the superstars. In game one here, it was the secondary players that put him over the top.
1: Well, if you take out the posts, Nazem Kadri could have had two goals last night. Well, he can't take the posts out. M- Miko Rantanen would have had a – he would have finally gotten off the schneid. But you're right. I mean, and what's even better is that was Josh Manson's first career playoff goal. Mm-hmm. And he scores a game winner in overtime. And the, and the beautiful thing about that goal is how – Nazem Kadri and Gabriel Landeskog completely dominated behind the net. That was a theme throughout that game is how they kept pucks alive and they kept battling below the goal line along the boards. And I just don't, that's the, everyone talks about the speed and they talk about the talent of Colorado, but there's also this physicality now. And a lot of it comes from Josh Manson, who I I raved about it. Likening has been phenomenal I mean he hit a post but the way that he's he's a two-way player. You have Sturm who brings physicality and can win on faceoffs. That's the other thing that I think was huge last night was how the Avalanche dominated the faceoff circle. And you're going against a guy in Ryan O'Reilly who's one of the best on faceoffs in the league and the Avalanche basically dominated the faceoff circle 2 to 1. So you're you're already a puck possession team when you get that that's what happens, and I would say they're not going to be happy because the power play was not good last night. They had a couple of instances, especially in the third period, to put that game away with a period with a power play before the Blues got theirs to tie it up, where they just looked flat.
0: That's where I think they looked flat was on the power play. But I thought they got dominated in the faceoff circle against Nashville. At least that was the eye test thing. I didn't go back and look at the stats. I didn't care about it as much. But I thought there were games when they were getting dominated. There were. And that's a complete flip was. of the switch. Yes
1: and to do it with a guy like Ryan, like I said, Ryan O'Reilly is one of the best faceoff guys in the league. He's he's always up there with Patrice Bergeron from Boston, uh, stall with the with the Carolina Hurricanes on winning faceoffs. so if if that can be a consistent a uh, consistent theme in this and winning faceoffs, this, I mean, it could be a sweep. I, I mean, I'm not going to say. I'm. Mean, St. Louis is a great team. They won a cup a couple of years ago. They'll be better in game two. Potentially, but so will the Aves. And I, I think you mentioned Josh Manson. That the addition Andrew Cagliano hit a post, yeah, and that was from the fourth line. I, I mean, getting him back into the lineup with Logan O'Connor. I mean, Cagliano got hurt in Game One to have his physicality, his experience on that fourth line with Helm and Andre Cabell and Sturm putting Burakovsky on a third line with that kind of talent and speed. I mean, th- this team, man, it's just, it's loaded. It's talented,
0: but it's also physical. And I think that's the biggest difference too. Um, So the other thing here, let's, let's look at the number game two. I, the only reason I don't want to hit the puck line right now at plus one Oh two for the Avs because of Bennington. Right. But, you have to ask yourself, A, do the Avs flirt with 50 shots again? Yes. B, is Bennington going to be as good as he was in game two? No. And, and you just don't think so. You, you think that was as good as he could play, and you think that the Avs can repeat what they did and get 50 shots? I know St. Louis is missing two of their top defensemen, but that is an, that is just an onslaught of shots, Ian. Well, think about what they did against
1: Nashville. It was the same way. I mean, they, not only did they get 50 shots, they created over 100 shot attempts. Yeah. So whether it was block shots, whether it was pucks hitting the net, whether it was pucks that went above Bennington's head or to the side, this team is on a different level right now. And I think with the way that game one went, I think the script is going to flip from Nashville, because remember they came out and they just completely blew Nashville out of the mm-hmm. water in game one. And then in game two, it was closer. Nashville played its one of its best games of the series. I thought game two and game four were Nashville's best in that series. I think St. Louis will be better, but so will Colorado. You cannot be a Blues fan, watcher, coach, player, and look at that game and say – What do we do? I mean, there's talk about how they need to be more physical. They need to try to control the puck along the boards. They need to to be above the defenseman for the avalanche to limit the, the, the outlets that they do. But really, I mean, there's really not much room for the St. Louis Blues to get better than the way they play. Because look at game, in the second period, it was one of the most dominating performances I have ever seen in a hockey game. Like, it, it was just like the Avalanche were doing a scrimmage and the Blues were just there. And kudos to them and Bennington for keeping it close. But I, I just, this team is a machine. It's an Avalanche. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's terrific. That is terrific. Colorado, 16 high danger chances last night. That's I don't insane. know if you're familiar with high danger, but that is a lot of high danger and then you know you look at high danger right let's say a third of those goals go in right you really can't do that with this but what is that five they should have five goals last night yeah they should have five goals last night so are are we becoming best friends on the puck line are we going to hit the puck line together for game number two because Listen, I felt fine last night jumping in on that game live because I wasn't sure what to expect, honestly, because there were a lot of people that were thinking St. Louis could steal the game. I did not. Yeah, I did not. The yeah, did not.
1: broadcasters, and for one.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But I do like their banter, though. I, Rick Talkett is awesome. Well, that's the other thing we need to talk about here that we can get to in a second. But um, So we're taking, are you going to go with me on this one? Yeah. As puck line, plus
1: money, plus 102. I think I'll take it because remember, Nathan McKinnon, I mean, he got an assist, but really didn't do much. I'd like for that line to be better when they're on the line against Ryan, when they're on the ice against Ryan O'Reilly's line. I think that's going to be a key matchup going forward. Ryan O'Reilly is a great player. That line is very good. Nathan McKinnon and his line have to be better because there were a couple of chances where they got, they got, they got, especially defensively. They got trapped, and they couldn't get the puck out. They have to be better in game two. So, I, yes, I think Nathan McKinnon will be better. I think Kadri is going to get at least one or two goals in game two. Landeskog has continued to be a monster for this team. I, yeah, I, I, I'll be all over that puck line.
0: Okay, so that's it. I just hit it on the show, show play. It's official. It's a collaboration. Puck line plus 102 for the Avs. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right, yeah, let's, especially let's since move. it's plus money. And it's plus money. You never see that, right? Not for the halves. I think it's because of Bennington. And I think that's really the only reason. And
1: I, and, like, I, it, and I will say this. He is a great goalie. We saw that. He's the first rookie in NHL history to win all 16 games en route to a team winning a Stanley Cup. But he's he's in his head. There's going to be a moment where he's not going to get the luck of the po- of the, of the posts or the crossbar, and he's going to be back in his head. And I think that loss last night is very tough for St. Louis because they had a chance and they couldn't pull it out. Now we'll see what Baruby and the coaching staff does to try to get this team to do what he said in the press in a post game news conference afterward. But Oh, my God. As I said, it, it's an avalanche right now.
0: Oh, boy. You're just not going to stop with that, are you? Okay. Well, good. Hopefully, I can hear that for the next three rounds, right? That'll be great. Oh. We'll go this round, conference finals and finals, and then I don't have to hear you talk about that until next year. All right? That sounds like a deal. Good. That's a great deal. Uh, let's get to the really important things going on in the Denver area, Ian. We, we don't just talk about hockey. How about Von Miller. Club, have you ever been to Club 58? I have not. Okay, that's unfortunate. Nine bedrooms and 15 bathrooms. Okay, let's just just start there for a second, okay? 15 bathrooms and nine bedrooms. Now, personally, I need a bathroom per room plus probably a half. So if I had nine bedrooms, I wouldn't want nine and a half bathrooms, but there's 15 bathrooms, 4.32 acres of land, um, I did have a little over a third of an acre one time. It was a nice backyard. 4.32 acres of land, 17,000 square feet, a movie theater, a game room, a wraparound bar, a 1,500 square foot closet, and an eight-car garage. <clears throat> Having money's awesome like that, huh? Right. Having I, like 50 million dollars in the bank, right? It'd be pretty nice. I,
1: I think Russell Wilson and Sierra need to take some of those bathrooms from Club 58 and put them into their house because I think they only have what like four.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's disappointing for Russell Wilson. So it sold in 2017 for 260 grand. How's that pie? 2.6 million is what it had to be. Yeah. 2.6 million dollars. My God, that's amazing. And then you and Von Miller share a lot of things. Did you know that you share a lot? You love the Denver Broncos. He still does too. Um, you both have mansions. He's not going to have one soon and he's got a ton of autographed jerseys. And I know you got a ton of autographs. So let's see here. Just, uh, we're looking at the pictures that were on there. He's got an Aaron Donald. He's got a JJ Watt. He's got my boy, Akeeb Tlaib, Nook Hopkins, Bradley Chubb, Champ Bailey. Um, do you have any type of autographs that can rival what we're seeing with Von Miller's autographed jerseys, my friend?
1: I can. I have, well, the autographed John Elway photo mm-hmm. over my shoulder. Got Patrick Waugh, Rob Blake, Peter Forsberg. Have an autographed Patrick Waugh sweater. Have an autographed John Elway helmet. An autographed Alex English basketball. An autographed Joe Sackick stick. And an autographed Nathan McKinnon puck.
0: Oh, I like that Sackick stick. Did you get these yourself or did you end up buying them? Mainly bought them. Some of them got on my own. Love it. Uh, so my, uh, first of all, I got a little John Elway autograph, helmet behind me. I had to throw that up there, but the, the gem of my collection, when I, this is how old I am too. When I was like in middle school, I bought, um, and it was $20 for a Ted Williams autograph and 25 for a Joe DiMaggio. So when I got, I got Joe DiMaggio's autograph first, I bought this old picture of the two of them standing there together. Got that signed. Oh, nice. Later went to Ted Williams, met him, got that signed. That is the gem of my collection. It's not worth as much as I would have thought it would be worth. I think it's only worth like $1,000, but there is so much of a sentimental meaning to that for me. Plus, I wasn't supposed to get Joe DiMaggio's autograph. I had to cut in line because my friends were leaving. And I said, Joe, Joe, please let me do it. And he's like, let the kid come over. And Joe DiMaggio let me do that. And And I had a rehearsed speech from my grandfather. He goes, he goes, tell Joe that he got robbed on a catch by Gianfranco. And if you don't know, there was like a World Series game oh, yeah. and this Gianfranco from the Dodgers made a great catch. And he goes, oh, huh, huh. your your grandfather's a pretty smart guy. I will never, ever, ever sell that, though. But that, no is, that just has so much meaning to me. Would you ever sell anything in your collection?
1: No. And I, I, here's, all, all right, so here is the most valuable. I, ha- I also have a Yogi Bear signed photo. I have a... Ooh. Uh, a Larry Walker signed baseball. I have a Peyton Manning signed football. I have uh, quite a bit through uh, my family, uh, Adam Vinatieri uh, memorabilia. So more Patriots stuff than I ever thought I would Uh. have. (laughs) But here, this is probably the most rare. I don't know how valuable it is. So I have a Denver Zephyrs pennant. For those who know Denver sports, the Denver Zephyrs were the baseball affiliate in denver that played at mile high stadium i have an autographed denver zephyrs pennant from gary
0: sheffield when he played for the denver zephyrs that is freaking awesome and it's so odd you know it's like an odd piece of memorabilia because who has a
1: gary sheffield signed denver zephyrs pennant
0: and they had that z for the baseball right they did I'm just a nerd when it comes to that stuff, though, because when I was younger, I loved minor league baseball. I'm not even kidding. Like, I loved major league baseball, but I really did a lot in minor league baseball. And then when I went to college, I did it for a play-by-play job, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get to work in minor league baseball and hopefully major league baseball. I gotta find myself a Denver uh, Zephyr, Zephyr shirt, then. You just—that's oh, yeah. it. That's you got the Pookie and the Avs stuff. I'm getting a Denver Zephyr shirt. I there don't you know go. where the hell I'm gonna find it, but probably on boys. eBay.
1: There's got to be somewhere that
0: has you it. You think?
1: And then I—I I think one of the coolest things that I have is I have a mini Mile High because I, I loved Mile High. So it's just this miniature replica of Mile
0: High Stadium. That's so cool. Do you have any? Did you ever cover teams? Like go and cover teams and get stuff. I have my I have so many media credentials. It's not even funny. Um, and and I had a friend of mine just tell. He's like, Hey, I'll buy your two thousand media pass to the NFL draft where Tom Brady was taken. I'm like, There's such weird things that people are interested in. But oh, yeah. That might be one of them, right? I just
1: I, weird stuff. I kept all of my press passes from all the Broncos games that I ever covered. I have yeah. I have some of the game day magazines that they would that they put out for the press that they, that fans can like I think they're like five bucks or something. So I, I've kept all of my sports passes from everything that I've covered. I, I think I still have the nuggets one where, uh, it was game six between the Lakers and the nuggets. And I actually was able to interview Kobe Bryant one-on-one. Nice. So yeah, I mean, I, I kept all my press passes. It's, and you're right. It really is random. The stuff that people think is valuable.
0: I found a Denver Bears T-shirt.
1: Oh, how about the Bears? That? Oh yeah, that, that's.
0: That, real... oh, I just got the the Zephyrs is right next to him. Okay, we're set, buddy. I'm gonna have a Denver Zephyr shirt. What size are you? Extra large. All right. See what that's gonna run me. You're so nice hopping on this show and BSing with me. I might as well consider getting you something nice. So uh, for the, doing this the most so random
1: thing that I have though. What is? So right next to John Elway. I have a signed Eric Decker photo.
0: I'd rather have a photo. That's for my wife. wife. Oh, for your wife. Yeah. It's up up there for her. Did did she spend extra time with you that night that you got her that?
1: (laughs) Well, no, but
0: all, 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 all all the women
1: listening to this know Eric Decker is one of the main reasons some women are Broncos fans
0: yes he was a handsome man Yeah, or he's probably still a handsome man he, he's a good-looking um, man there's no doubt about it. he's he no peter forsberg though he's no peter forsberg no Ah, he's got to be better looking than peter forsberg no there's way. nothing better than two gamblers talking about how good-looking men are but definitely eric decker
1: peter forsberg has that nordic look i mean he he's he's like an older version of alexander skarsgard
0: yeah i mean maybe i'm just into uh, let's move on from this conversation <laughs> That was a little Please? random. Yeah, Are we, we okay to do that? Yeah, we can. Right. And by the way, I'm looking at some rando Denver Zephyrs players. Teddy Higuera, one of my favorite pitchers from the 80s. He was a left-hander with the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. I remember him for a while. Daryl Boston. Most people probably don't remember him. White Sox, Mets. I mean, you're right. There were some re- – Cal Daniels. Rob Dibble, who's the biggest bully I've ever worked with in my life. <laughs> Um, boy, there were some good guys that came through on this, uh, on the Zephyrs throughout the years. I don't know if we're looking at any hall of famers, Barry Larkin. So the Reds were here for how long? Do you remember that? I don't remember. So it was the Reds and the Brewers. Definitely.
1: And that's Larry why Gary Rothschild. That's why Gary, Gary Sheffield played for the Zephyrs. I think it was just he for a season.
0: Did. Yeah, he did. Okay. Um, speaking of baseball, sock Rockies. So you said it was the June swoon. Weren't we expecting this anyways? Come on. Oh, I knew this was I was.
1: But the June swoon usually comes in June. This Rockies version is overachieving and doing it in May.
0: (laughs) That is not good. That is uh, that is not good at all. And it's not gonna get any better now. I think it's done. Like it was fun. This is why I told everyone enjoy it while it's going on because they were over five hundred. It's just they can't beat the Giants. They can't beat the Giants. Eleventh straight, the straight. They can't beat yeah, the Padres. Well, they can't beat the Diamondbacks. When you're playing teams like 19 times a year, and you're losing at least a dozen of those games, you're probably in trouble.
1: Well, and they just lost to the Diamondbacks. So, I mean, yeah, I mean that's just the way it is. I mean they they can probably compete with the Pirates. <laughs> they may be able to compete with like the Cubs, but that that's pretty maybe the Marlins. Yeah, you think the Marlins? Yeah,
0: I, I I might put the Marlins up there. All right, what color shirt do you want for the Denver Zephyrs? I'm buying them right now. It's a it's a um, it's kind of a baseball shirt. It's not a Henley, but it's a baseball shirt. Do you want black? It's white with black, green, red, blue, or black and white. Oh wow! Let's
1: do Pick one. Let's do green. I like that. That's what I'm
0: doing. I'm gonna get green. All right, I'm going to get a large, and you're going to get an extra large.
1: Nice. Beautiful. Never thought There's I a mask, too, sure. if you're
0: interested. Do you want a, you want a mask? <laughs> no, I think I'm good on the mask. You're going to pass the mask? Okay. <laughs> What's going on at PlayColorado.com? And then uh, I know the numbers are coming out for this month, right? Are we going to be back at the top five, Colorado, yes. for a uh, handle on sports betting?
1: I, I'd say five, six, because uh, Illinois usually reports <laughs> later than Colorado, which is crazy. But yeah, I would say that that Colorado is going to be in that that five to six range going forward. I'd say it might it might dip below 500, maybe a little bit. I think it's going to be o- over 450. So between 450 500 for when we get the numbers from the Colorado Division of Gaming. In terms of play, Colorado, we have a fun story up on our favorite NHL sweaters, Lifts going back over 30 years. Our, our writer who wrote it, has been collecting them for 30 years. So he listed his favorites that he's been collecting and watch- And obviously from original six with the Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens. Um, current wise, I didn't agree with his in- inclusion of the Minnesota Wild, just because I hate the Wild. And it's not really the state of hockey. You can't claim that and never have won a Stanley Cup. That's a... <laughs> beside the point um but yeah it, play colorado is as i've always said your one-stop shop for gambling news advice analysis features on not just sports betting but casino news we have a casino story up on some of the stuff that's happening up the hill in black hawk and central city and even cripple creek lottery to make usa for and smarter barter smarter better
0: smarter better you want to be a smarter better don't you you do It's very good. Okay. I'm ordering our shirts right now. One of these days we'll meet in person. Um, We'll stop this uh, garbage, but you will be getting your Denver Zephyrs baseball shirt. Defunct. It's called the defunct Denver Zephyrs.
1: Defunct. It's been defunct Defunct. for over 40, close to 40
0: years. We want the funk, man. We definitely want the funk. And uh, that's just the way it goes. Okay, pal. It was great talking with you again um these things will probably be in in two weeks so you won't have it next week but we're, i'm really excited about this i love baseball shirts like the three-quarter sleeves things because yeah. you can always roll them up you can wear them any time of year oh, i'm pretty pumped up absolutely we could be twins and go to a rockies game together but that's probably getting a little ahead of myself we're gonna uh, i'm going to discuss some uh, collectibles to round out the show a half of a baseball card went for almost a million dollars Almost a half a million dollars, which is pretty cool. Um, Wilt Chamberlain's 100 point game ticket stub goes for a ton of money, and uh, something from Happy Gilmore, yeah, that went in auction, which is kind of cool too. So, um, thank you, Ian. You take care of yourself, pal. Thanks, Holden. Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers continues in a moment. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21 must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Hey, thanks again to Ian for hopping on. Looking forward to getting our Denver Zephyrs uh, shirts. That'll be pretty cool. Uh, But let me wrap things up with something kind of fun. I don't know if I'm going to do this on a regular basis, but I'm big into sports memorabilia. I'm not sitting here buying, you know, $2,000 boxes of football cards or anything like that. I'm big into some of the older stuff. Um, And when I say older stuff, I've got a lot of Tom Brady cards from when he was younger, quite a few LeBron rookie cards, Michael Jordan cards from the early 90s. I like older stuff i got a lot of autographs that I've picked up myself. I already told you about the DiMaggio Williams one. But there's also some oddball ones, some cool stuff um, that's out there. And I have not gotten in on any of these. But here's a cool one. It was really cheap, too. Okay? Here's some recent memorabilia, sports memorabilia sales. Happy Gilmore, right? Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler in that one. 1996. I remember seeing that. Was not sober in college, going to the movie theater. Did have a sober driver, though. A sealed copy of the Happy Gilmore VHS tape just sold at auction for $360. What? I didn't even know they could grade VHS tapes. It got a 9.4. I'm thinking that's out of 10. Just $360 for a sealed VHS tape of Happy Gilmore. What is that, 26 years ago? I don't even think it would have been worth it holding onto it for that long. But if you'd bought like a 100 of them, then we're talking about it being interesting, but then you wouldn't have gotten 360 for it. A Super Bowl halftime show from this last year, okay? You had Snoop Dogg, you had Dr. Dre, a whole bunch of others, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and somebody got a football signed by most of those performers, and they put it up for auction, and... On May 13th, it sold for $16,200. Can you imagine that? You're at the Super Bowl. You got a football. Hey, Dre, Snoop, Eminem, let's go. Mary J, $16,200. That's pretty interesting. Uh, This week, there was an auction that finalized the sale of maybe the gold standard of of collecting cards. There's the 52 Mantle card. Then there is the Hannes Wagner T206 from back uh, around the turn of the 20th century. And Honus Wagner, this card, what's interesting about it is half of the card was ripped off. Honus is missing his whole left jaw, okay? And there wasn't a Honus Wagner card that sold for less than a million dollars since before the COVID-19 pandemic. This half of a Honus Wagner card missing a jaw went for $475,960. $475,000 for a torn baseball card. It's missing his left jaw and half his torso most of his torso hating on torso cards uh tom brady rookie card went for 3.1 million dollars how the hell is that possible what 3.1 million dollars for a tom brady card guy hasn't even retired yet and then here's the coolest one i like these oddball things again i got a Uh, media credential from broadcasting, doing a live show at the 2000 NFL Draft where Tom Brady was taken, among many other good uh, football players. He's the greatest, obviously, but I don't know what that's worth. I think it's pretty cool, but it's probably not worth as much as this ticket stub that's going up. Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game on March 2nd, 1962. The ticket has been graded very good uh, which is a three. So in PSA, when they grade these cards or whatever kind of stuff out, 10 is gem mint, it's the best, 9, 8, and it goes down. It's only a three, so it was beaten up a little bit, but it's only one of 14 ticket stubs listed by the PSA population. So 14 of those tickets from Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game have been dug up. There was only 4,124 fans there, and this thing sold for $107,000. So go look through your ticket stubs. Maybe you got something on the drive from Elway or something from the drive two. Maybe you got a ticket from an abs-clinching Stanley Cup finals game, one of the two they've had here. I don't know. If you keep those t- ticket stubs, and you really don't get ticket stubs often anymore. They're all electronic now. But I think that's kind of cool stuff now. 3.1 mil, though, for Tom Brady rookie card. I, I don't get it. One oh seven for a ticket, four hundred seventy-five for a half a baseball card, sixteen-two for a football signed by some singers, and a VHS tape that goes for three hundred sixty dollars. Thank you very much uh, to Ian for hopping on the show. So the official show play will be for Game Two, Avs puck line plus plus money plus one oh two on BetMGM. I'll be betting the. Um, the Mavericks Warriors game live tonight. So I won't have a play for you there. Thanks again for checking it out. Mark Springer, ABS insider joins us tomorrow for uh, some more thoughts on some plays to tomorrow night. And that game number two abs and blues. Thank you, Steven, our producer. You get a chance, follow me on Twitter at Holden radio. And thanks for checking out the Denver city cats presented by bet rivers.